This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes dons. Uh, well, gents, we're back for another week and it's uh, another defeat. So as you can imagine, the spirits are, are through the roof for this this podcast episode. Let's talk about dons anyway. Um, but nevertheless, ne- we'll, we'll chat about the, top of the Pompey game. We'll chat about the Burton game coming up. Uh, obviously, with the 12.30 kickoff this Saturday. And of course, we'll chat about the bulk Cup and how it's coming home once again after England get a result against Wales. So, but before we all do that, um, let's get everyone on the call introduced. Ross, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, doing all well, mate. Thanks. Good to hear. How about yourself, Joe? All good? Yeah, chugging along nicely. Chugging along nicely. Been a while, actually, since I've seen MK play. I missed the last two cup games, so uh, I'd, well, I would say looking forward to it, but that's probably a bit of a stretch. Um, but um, it'll be nice to be back. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's um. Well, I think Pompey was my my first game in a few weeks, and uh, yeah, it was fair. It was the better, the better, one of the best performances I've seen in a little while. To be fair to him, but you know, it's still a defeat, and we'll get a touch upon that. But before we do that, um, obviously we ran a competition on our Twitter page. If you didn't see that, make sure to follow us at MK One Podcast on there. Uh, for some tickets to the Carabao Cup game against Leicester City, of course, and another cup competition that Dons are a part of this season and still in for now. Um, obviously, we asked you all to enter and give your score predictions for the game. So, uh, quite a lot of you did. So, Joe, I'm going to ask you to give me a number from 1 to 12, and then I will scroll down the list and pick someone from that list. 12. 12. So, number 12 on my list, anyway, is uh, is Camden Paul. Uh, so, Paul, if you want to drop us a message at MK1 Podcast, and we'll get you the information to tickets for the game. And uh, yeah, congratulations. Hope you enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, so Paul, enjoy your tickets there. And yeah, let's get on to Pompey. Um, obviously, out of the FA Cup, which is disappointing. But to be fair, from being at the game, and I think apparently the 203 Dons fans that were there, definitely less than that, by the way, um, probably saw 
the best on team I've seen in a little while, to be fair. Um, walking through the game very briefly, you know, I think we started well. I always took the lead through Dara Burns and a brilliant free ball from Dawson Devoy after a bit of a, a sort of a break up and play from the midfield of Pompey's to Don's. Um, so he won the up, you know, looking to start a decent, like attacking football, playing all right. Um, and then typical Don's fashion, I think three minutes later, um, ball gets pumped up field. Ahura's quite out of position with, um, with Mark and Cole Bishop. Tonight Watson doesn't pick up his position and then that leaves Hackett Fairchild to run straight through and catch coming out of position to make it 1-0 with a pretty good finish, to be fair. Um, and then after that, oh, I think the Dons just got really, really careless with the football and I was really disappointed, actually, in how they kind of fell apart in, in the rest of the game. Obviously, the second goal, um, pretty good build-up play from Pompey. Um, I think it's the 18 again, actually, or it might have been... Um, yeah, I think it was the 18, actually, Hackett Fairchild. Uh, takes on Makekra and drills past him. Makekra just hacks him down in the box. It's a really poor challenge. I'm going to play every experience and it, I was really impressed with that tackle. Uh, so obviously, Cole Bishop does what he does, puts the bottom corner. That's 2 1. That takes us to half time. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just when you think Don's are probably going to come out after the half time and get something from the game and hopefully take it to at least some form of a um, later on in the game, a um, bit of a mix up between coming and Tucker at the back, coming panics passes Johnson. Johnson then plays a terrible pass straight to the striker. Uh, Bishop gets taken down by Johnson. Um, and then, he, of course, he puts it away for 3 1. Um, and that's pretty much game over, to be fair. Um, obviously, Isa gets one back because he does. That's what he does, really scores goals. But yeah, other than that, we, we, we've created some chances um, at the end of the game and maybe we should have scored a third goal. But the way I the way I describe it is that Don's just lost that game by themselves. I don't think Pompey did anything too special. Um, their fans probably disagree. I I don't. Um, I feel like we lost that game ourselves, and that's what makes it even more frustrating. We're either losing games by playing crap, or we're losing games because we're just making silly mistakes. And funny enough, it's our two most experienced players are making those mistakes. So we can't seem to just get a result at the moment, and it's it's uh, it's incredibly frustrating to watch and. I know the OT lads on the call weren't there, but I'll um I'll ask for their thoughts on it all. So I'm sure they've seen uh, the highlights and the game in general. So Ross, how did you find um Saturday away to Pompey? Um well it's one of those, obviously, FA Cup. We asked for a positive performance and I think it was better. But I don't think it was obviously the way we we wanted it. And I think I say conceding three goals away from home. You're never going to be winning football matches. And if you do, um, you've got to have a bit of luck on your side. And I guess in the end, Pompey were deserving winners um, from what I saw of the game. Um, but again, it's for me, it's a, um, it's accountability in the middle of the park for me. Uh, it's, it's a case of um, owning up or taking responsibility for your own actions. And it just seems like at the moment, some people aren't doing that in this team. And I think that's why certain players are out of position because of their covering other people's tracks. And I think that's when Manning has to get involved and um, start dropping players. And that's when they've got to fight for their places to get back into the team. Because at the, at the end of the day, I don't think many players in this team, obviously Mo, he's he scored again. Devoy looks good. Um, obviously, Cummins not, not being up to his usual standards, but I think after last last season, the amount of points he did save and how open that the defence is looking this year, I think you can't really blame him in the same sense. But I think overall, um, 
obviously we, we lost a game and then obviously they find out that obviously Pompey plays Spurs away and it's it's a bit of a kick in the teeth if you ask me. Because um, obviously we've been asking for this big away day and it was there for the taking and I don't think Pompey played well, well, well at all. It was just a case of our own errors. So overall, yeah, another disappointing defeat and um, we've got to look forward to the massive six-pointer on the weekend. Yeah, I get the whole argument that people saying about well, this the FA Cup draw about how it was a different ball number and all that rubbish, but doesn't really matter to me. Um, you know, for all we know, we could have got Tottenham ourselves, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I completely agree with Ross and the fact that you know I don't Pompey played fantastic, but you know they got the three points, Joe. They got the cup win, I should say. Sorry, and um, into the next round. Um, how much did you see of the game? What did you think of it? Yeah, um, obviously I wasn't there, so I haven't been able to see it. But just looking at the highlights, you know, Dawson Devoy again, I think it's his seventh assist of the season. So that's a positive. Um, and then what really struck me with the goals we conceded is that first one. It was just easy. And, you know, we've not really mentioned it this season, but Jamie Cummins has quietly been conceding a few really poor goals. Um. I'm not really going to, you know, start slagging him off because we know how good he can be. But I think he's just not quite at the levels he has been before. You know, in some games this season, he has been fantastic. But I just think, you know, we have seen a few clangers from him as such. So just just maybe mentioning that. Um, but the other two goals are just, just penalties that, you know, the first one, you know, as you say, Bradley Johnson, I'll come on to him in a moment. But Josh McEachran, he... Gives the ball away again. Josh McEachern, he just makes a silly foul. And then Bradley Johnson gives the ball away with a crap pass and and just brings his man down. I think that's two or three penalties he's given away this season now. And it's just, you know, with Bradley Johnson, I just so much... Well, he's a central midfielder in a team that likes to play football that has a passing success rate in the 60s. He's had some mega moments for us. I can't deny that. But that's what makes it all the more frustrating that he has these moments where it's just, you know, I, I don't, I can't even describe it, but it's just, it, we know he can be so much better and be more consistent, but he's just, he's probably the most inconsistent player in our squad because he's been capable of the top, top level um, in terms of how well he's performed at times. But then he's just been absolutely dire at times as well. And I feel that it's really in build-up plan. You know, the only thing I think he has got going for him is his physical presence in that midfield. It's the kind of destroyer and breaking things up. But a lot of the time, it's just fouling people. Um, I think, you know, we've seen Dawson Devoy. Obviously, I didn't see the whole game, so I can't comment on that. But, you know, another assist for Dawson. That's seven. And he's started nine games, I think, this season. That's pretty significant numbers that's really good numbers um you know I, I would and by the looks of it as well we were playing 4-3-3 Liam is that right yeah it was a variation on 4-2-3-1 but yeah it's very close to 4-3-3 yeah. yeah so I think you know if you're playing that maybe you have Devoy as the sitter and then you've got McEachran and Grant either side of him or McEachran and Robson now I wouldn't mind seeing that have another go because I think you know I, I, I'm not all for this chopping and changing, but this system seems to have given us more in attack. And I think that's been one of our worst points 
um, this season. We we have conceded goals, but it's not as if there's been many games where the opposition's absolutely battered us. It's mainly been mistakes. So yeah, I think um, all, overall, it's a shame. It's annoying. There's some good things we can take from that game, um, but yeah, uh, at least it was we gave it a good go. That's all I can, I can say. And judging from some comments. You know, Portsmouth fans were almost of the opinion that they were kind of holding on towards the end. So, yeah, OK, we haven't got the result and it's a cup competition. So, you know, you don't get any points for playing well. But at the end of the day, it's just it, it was better and an improvement. And that's at least at least going some way to, to improve. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Man- Man- Manning just can't find the balance in this team at the moment. He, he can either go too defensive and then this I said nothing going forward or he goes all out attack and can't have anything defensively is there's no like um there's no like it's a bit of a seesaw at the moment which is a real it's, it's a shame and it's annoying to watch because we can see qualities on both sides of the pitch we just can't find a team and a system that gets the best of both worlds and you know Ken asked us about what or who is causing the defensive frailties and I think it's just trying to find out what the hell this team's going to do moving forward like I think the past few months, you know, we've not really seen that much change in the team and and the personnel in the team and the, the coaching staff. And I'm I'm getting a, a little. I've mentioned it in the Pom podcast. I mentioned it last week on here. I'm getting a bit concerned, and I don't like it wrong. I'm not saying that we're going to get relegated or we're going to chop and change everything like that. But you know, until we see something change, that I'm kind of like, oh, this is a switch point. I'm I'm concerned. That's all I'll say on that front. But. I mean, in terms of your guys' perspective, in terms of the defensive stuff that Ken was speaking about, is the is it just is Ross because of the change of systems? Do you reckon all the time it's a bit of has a real lack of consistency between like what sort of system we're playing? Do you reckon that's playing a pretty big part in the fact that we're conceding quite a few goals, especially at the weekend? Um, it's a bit of a weird one because you can't really play it on anything because of as you say, you look at that back five of um obviously, well I say. Four out of the back five were are playing now, which we saw last year. So you can't say they're not good players, but I think just going on Ken's question is 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 a sense of like I mentioned it earlier, just taking responsibility and just doing the core principles. But I think you can tell that man is very desperate in in his interviews, and he keeps. And I know, I know, I don't like to point out the flaws in Manning, but. He's starting to mention this training time just a bit too much now. And what he reali- doesn't realise is every other team has to face this. And everyone else only has, what, a couple of days on the training pitch. So he can't use the training pitch or the gelling problem as as something which we're, we're struggling with at the moment. What, when when 19, 20 games into the season now, you need to stop them excuses for a start. And um, you need to start doing the talking on the pitch and I think that's that's our problem at the moment is the fact that we haven't had a league game what in over nearly like two weeks now and the last league game we did see was a Barnsley team absolutely battering us all over the pitch so yes we want wins but at the same time we've got we have to be getting points in the short term really because of what was six points off Cambridge already and I don't like to say it, but if we do lose against Burton, that's that's we're in serious like I'm not saying we're in serious trouble in terms of getting relegated, but we've got serious problems on our hands because of going into January, 
we're looking at speaking about these transfer targets, you're going to have a lot of problems on your hands trying to convince top low knees in the Prem Championship to come to a relegation battled side. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And we spoke about January before and the fact that, you know, people that think we're going to sign like five to six players, spend all this money, they're in absolute dreamland. So we're lucky to get three or four decent low knees, if that. Like, we've got, we've, we've got, yeah, we're going to struggle. I think we are. And not only the players who want to get in, but the players who are currently in the books at the club who potentially aren't getting the game time they want or aren't the they've been played in well enough. And yeah, there's, there is some issues to deal with. And yeah, it's a difficult one. And, I think um, Ross actually touched upon a question that one of the listeners sort of asked us and the fact that I know it's getting onto the league in a little bit and maybe Burton more focused as opposed to Pompey, which we'll get back to in a second. But I mean, Joe, in your opinion, I mean, obviously I, I think you know your answer to this one, but Owen asked us, you know, are we ready too deep to recover from the relegation fight with us being six points adrift? And, you know, let's say we do lose the game against Burton at the weekend, you know, is that are we going to generate the form to get out of this situation and I know there's a lot of season left to go but get out of the situation and get to the point where we are we are safe and looking up rather than down I'm not looking at the table until about 25-30 games in yeah we, 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 we made up 12 points on the best team in the league in the last 10 games or something you know it, it can be done it can be done um, there's so much football to be played we've actually got a game in hand as well um, so you know it's for me I'm just you know once, once, if the performances are consistently getting very, very bad, like Barnsley levels, that I'll be concerned then. But, you know, we keep showing these glimmers. And I was having a little look just now in terms of, you know, creating chances. You know, creating chances have been our biggest vice this year. You know, we've, we're pretty much down right at the bottom in terms of open play ex- expected goals and chances created. However, defensively, right, you know, so in terms of XG given up in open play, We've given up 13.81 and conceded 16. So, again, you know, we conceded more than we actually deserve to, in inverted commas. But where's really, really stands out is um, is the set pieces, as we've mentioned before. But in terms of chances given up from set pieces, we've given up... We're in, like, the top eight in terms of giving away chances from set pieces. That That's in a good way, right? So, you know, we're one of the top eight teams for... Um, for, for for defending set pieces, however, in terms of actually goals conceded from set pieces, we're, we're only so we've conceded eight goals from set pieces. Um, the teams above us, they've all conceded uh, nine. So there's two teams that conceded nine, and then we've conceded eight. And so it just goes to show that we are just absolutely dropping the ball at some of these set pieces, and you know maybe we have been a little bit hard done by at times. You think of the derby goals. You know, they're pretty much their only goals they scored. Um, so I think for me, it's it's about the performances. And when the performances totally start drying up and it's consistently bad, there's no glimpse. You know, we've, we, in the last six games or so, we've had Charlton, we've had Cheltenham, when we've had good performances. When when those stop, that's when I'll be concerned. Charlton feels so long ago. It really does. It doesn't feel like it was what it was like six weeks ago. How 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 many games ago was it? I'm not in not terms not... of league games. It was like count. One, count. two, three, four, four, four league games. We've had three league games since Charlton. Yeah, it feels and, like ages ago. That, in that time, we should have beaten Charlton and we should have got something out of the game against Derby. 
and uh, we, we're going to skip over Barnsley because we <laughs> talked plenty about Barnsley last <laughs> week. Yeah, and I, and I said you also that. can you could also can flip it and say in our last three, well, sorry, that's the FA Cup in our last two two league games we conceded six goals. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you can absolutely say that, and I think no, I think you got to have. Deserved and to. I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not saying I don't dis- disagree with you, uh, agree with you. Sorry, Joe, here, but you have got to have perspective on the situation and say, well, we under Tisdale. And I know it's a completely different situation, but um, Winkleman and that said that season, obviously, we're starting to show promising signs, but we've, it seems like we every one good performance, we're taking about three steps back and we get back to the exact same position we were in at, at this current time. But just going back on the Paul Tisdale thing, is Pete Winkleman said he'd never let the club get into that situation where we were we were fighting down there and... Look where we are. I think it's we are down where we are, but under Tisdale, like that was that was Barnsley level of games every single week for like six weeks or something. And I think if we carry if if we if the next say three or four games are like that, then yeah, I can see it. But you know, the game against Portsmouth and the game, you know, we 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 had nearly double the amount of shots as Portsmouth in that game. To me, that shows you know if you do that. 10 games in a row, you're going to be winning more games than you're losing, I think. So I think I completely get what you're saying. Time's running out. Performances aren't there. Um, I, get, I guess you can caveat things always, can't you? Because we lost 3-1 to Derby and we lost 3-1 to Barnsley. However, I remember most of us coming out after the game against Derby and said, one of them games, but you know, really quite harsh result, really. But Barnsley, we were saying, could have been five, should have been five, really. So I think it's just, I think, yeah, it's just a bit of context perhaps. But I think, yeah, if, if, in terms of just moving forward, it, it, we need to just maintain this level of, this improved level of performance or else, yeah, no, I completely agree that that's when I'm going to be concerned. Yeah, we don't we don't often see Pete Winkleman on the pitch after games. So when that does happen, you're looking at a situation where there's going to be a decision made fairly soon on what's going to happen. So I would personally say that, you know, in some sense, these next couple of league games, which we haven't played, I said we haven't played a lot in a while in the league, they're they're absolutely massive. They're probably, they're not not seed defining, but they're, you know, in terms of January, they're pretty defining in terms of who we get in the club. And I think a lot of eyes be on those games, um, as they always are our home games. So, yeah, they're, they're big games. It's a big period for the football club, and people need to step up. And that's players, that's coaching staff, um, and that's obviously our job as fans also to get behind the team and do it. So, you know, it's not it's not just the Leicester games at home. It's these uh, ones against Burton and um, and Fleetwood also. So, yeah, big games. Okay, boys. Um, let's move on from Don's. Obviously, I think whilst it's on, it's it's important we shout out the World Cup. Um, obviously, last time we spoke. England pretty comfortably beat Iran. Um, since then, they've gone on to, well, whether you argue it's Southgate's fault or the team's fault, draw against USA, and then take care of Wales to get top of the group. Obviously, they're going to face Senegal in the next round. Um, obviously, with with Southgate, he changed the team about a little bit. Obviously, dropped Mount, he dropped Sterling. Um, a few other changes also made Bellingham more advanced. How did you find England's group stage campaign overall, Joe? And are you hopeful heading into knockouts? 
I mean, it's, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? We were the best team in the world after beating Iran. We were deserved to go out after drawing to the USA, and then we were the best team in the world again. I think uh, <laughs> no, it's it's. I think um, the truth is somewhere in the middle. We're we we got good players. We're playing very well, um, and I think the biggest thing for Gareth Southgate now is what the hell does he do? Because you know Foden and Rashford have come in. And now all of a sudden it doesn't look like Saka, Grealish or Sterling are going to be starting. Um, a lot of people raise their eyebrows about Jordan Henderson, but I thought Henderson probably was England's best player when he came on against the USA. We actually started getting the ball back in midfield. And um, I think with Hend- like with Harry Kane, you know, I'm not doubting his footballing abilities, but as a captain, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I hate strikers as captains, just being brutally honest. And I think, you know, what so often you could actually hear John Henderson and he was shouting at people to press. He was get, really getting involved and I think he kept that tempo in that first half against Wales going. So I'm quite a big, you know, he's not the best footballer. I'm going to, you know, be completely clear about that. I would not have him on the pitch for his footballing abilities. But I think what he brings to the team is um, just a lot. Um, big fan of Harry Maguire's shooting. Um <laughs> <laughs> they nearly knocked someone out of the crowd <laughs> sitting on the side that is as well so um, that was good fun but you know hasn't he been good um, I think we yeah. you know there's all loads of talk about him but you know it, it's once you've got that protection in front of him you know that he hasn't had at United for years all of a sudden he's oh it turns out he can play and, he, and he's been a threat from set pieces as well as well as defending them so yeah, England really solid. Um, I just think, yeah, just I, I genuinely have no idea what Southgate is uh, going to do in this next in the next round because, to be quite honest, there's probably four or five attackers or, and wingers that would start, and I'd look at the team and be like, yeah, no, that's, I'm happy with that. So, yeah, a real depth of options, and um, I'm I'm uh, quietly optimistic. Yeah, I think my favourite stat of the tournament so far is that Harry Maguire against Wales had as many, if not more, penalty touches than Gareth Bale did in the whole tournament. Yeah, so, it's just in the first half. It oh, it's, well, it's there in the first half, yeah. So that, <laughs> just yeah, in the so, first half, yeah. That's a fantastic <laughs> start. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ross, Senegal were your sort of tournament-like dark horses, and they're facing England in the next round. So uh, where are your heads at, mate? <laughs> well, obviously, my head's with England, but <laughs> I think Senegal are really good football inside. I think in the middle of the pitch, a guy. I he's think suspended uh, first game. He's out. He's suspended. So that that's obviously huge, that's yeah. that, that'd be a huge miss because if he's been playing a lot further forward as a, like a ten as such, and uh, him and Saar have been really getting along. So it'd be interesting to see who they bring in. I, I assume they'll um, bring Kuarte in from Palace, but we'll see. Um, but in terms of Senegal, well, I did tell you boys, Ecuador. <laughs> Ecuador aren't no, all that. No, I just felt it, I felt Ecuador in the last game as Joe's we mentioned pre-recording. They just set up for a point and I think knockout game, that sort of pressure. I think Senegal had nothing to lose and they went for it. And I think part of that five minutes they conceded and then they obviously um lost that goal. I think they were they were outstanding. And um there will be a tough side to break down. But I think with the quality we've got, England, um, I think we should more than brush them aside. Yeah, and no one needs to mention England's ITV record, um, which they're playing oh, on Sunday. Oh, no. Yeah, we're not well, going to mention two, it. Two, two wins. Um, yeah. But, but leading into just, just 
hypothetically, if we do win, would it be France or? Uh, no, we France. would be France. It would be France. It'd be the win- well, it'd be the winner of France versus the team that finishes second in Group C, and that could very well be Argentina. I can't see. I think they win tonight. at the moment. Yeah, I think they win But anyway, tonight. I'm I, I'm just putting out there. France conceded to Denmark, who have since lost to Australia. They conceded to Australia, and they've lost to Tunisia. And I, this France team is gettable. They're not as and that they're they're ravaged by injury. The confidence is just not that quite there. They've got Hugo Lloris in goal. And I just think that that back line is there to be got at. Canate's not had the best season. Varane's been in and out of fitness. Um, Lucas Hernandez is injured, so his uh, brother Teo is in. And Pavard, I just don't think, is a great defender. So I don't think we should be that fearful of France, should we get them in the quarters, if we're in the quarters. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a big if, right? Um, I, I do think we'll beat Senegal, but I imagine it'll be an extra-time job. Um, classic England night to be written all over it to be fair but um, yeah I think Australia showed um, Ecuador how to do it earlier to be fair beating Denmark 1-0 um, but yeah it'd be interesting to see how everyone else gets on us as Ross said Argentina are playing right now against Poland um, which is pretty much who's going to be top of the group in that one um, and we could face in the semi-finals if we're lucky enough to get there so yeah it's an interesting tournament it's been a good tournament and I think it's livened up now there's no 10am games and all that jazz because they were absolutely dreadful to watch on the whole we had one good day of 10am and 1pm games and it was the busiest day of work so I barely watched them which I'm really cheesed off about (laughs) (laughs) all right um let's let's take a short break and then we'll we'll get into our, our rundown of Burton This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Right, Burton at home, uh, 12.30 on Saturday because of obviously the potential World Cup jazz that went on that didn't happen in the end. But regardless, uh, early kickoff, which is a strange thing for Dons and usually not a good thing, but we won't talk about that too loudly. Um, Joe, take us through, um, I believe it's Dino's Burton now, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so um, I think Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank actually retired. Uh, no, not retired, sorry, <laughs> resigned um, from um, his job at Burton at the start of the season. Um, I can imagine sitting in a warm studio at Sky Sports is probably a bit more appealing to him. Although that didn't really stop being Burton manager, didn't necessarily stop him doing that halfway through the season. Um and Dino Mamria was actually his assistant and has somewhat turned Burton around. I mean, at the start of the season, they were just beyond dreadful. Now they are they're, 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 they're putting in some good performances. Um, they're not necessarily... I mean, they are unbeaten in their last, um, I believe it's five games in all competitions, um, but that does include um, three cup games uh, within that, within that. And then the the last two uh, league games have been the draws against Plymouth and Charlton, uh, two all and three all. Um, and I guess the best way to describe Burton as is crazy. Um, they, if you want some goals, go down to the Pirelli Stadium and watch Burton because they just they can they can certainly score them, but they bloody can't keep them out the other end. Um, that's for sure. Um, this season they've uh, they've conceded forty goals. And scored twenty five, 
Uh, to put it in context, they've scored more goals than Bolton, who are in fifth place. Um, so, you know, they, they're certainly scoring plenty of goals. Um, but yeah, by my word, they're conceding them as well. That's 65 goals in their 19 games so far. Um, so nearly three and a half goals a game, which is quite impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think their position in the league probably is some... It's, I mean, they just, obviously, if you're where you are in the league, you, you're probably going to be there for a reason. However, I think that Burton do have firepower. Um, they've got some... Uh, Keeler, Davis Keeler Dunn, who's got five this season, signed from Oldham. They've got Victor Adabiejo. I think of yeah, that's that's it. Um, he's scored eight in seventeen this season. Um, so he's he's really um, you know, he, they are they are scoring goals. Oh, their, their problem is just keeping them out the other end. Essentially, um, they are very very good from set pieces. Um, so it's a good job we're. Uh, wait, yes, no, we're not particularly the best at uh, um, defending set pieces, so that could be quite interesting uh, come Saturday. Um, they do play four at the back, so I wonder if we'll be matching them up perhaps with our 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, which we seem to have played the last two games. Um, and yeah, like I say, they do have a bit of quality littered throughout the team. However, it just appears to be that they're just, you know, they're more focused on scoring more than the opposition. And um well, it has them in the relegation zone, so it's not been going amazingly well for them thus far this season. Yes, yeah, so in a similar situation to ourselves, Burton are, but as Joe mentioned, you know, they're an exciting team to watch at the very least. But obviously, Ross Obliga, one player to highlight, who's a player that I also quite like, is from the Wolves Academy. Yeah, and he's a player who, at, the, at this current time, I think we probably uh, lack. Um, it's Terry, uh, Terry Taylor, the Welsh uh, youngster plays in the middle of the park but he's not technically the the most um brilliant in the team but he does bust his ass off and i think he he gives that that defensive line protection to a degree yes joe says he, they they talk about obviously conceding quite a few goals but he he covers literally every blade of grass from what i saw i saw his um graph in the fa cup yeah granted he was against a non league side but at the end of the day, you, you can always lapse lapse concentration in, in them sort of games. I think it's just quite ironic how we talked about, obviously, Bradley Johnson um, obviously struggling in that middle of that park. And I think Terry Taylor does the complete opposite and he thrives in the middle of the park. So it'll be interesting to see how we do deal with this Burton side. Obviously, they've only won like one away from home this season. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they actually do set up against us. Because of under Hasselbank, I think they probably would take a point away from home. But under Dino, it might be a different story. Yeah, I mean, a team that's struggling at home versus a team struggling away. So it's, you know, someone's got given this one. And, you know, I think several people have asked us, you know, I think Sam and Jonathan have asked us, if we just go for it and you know, play some of the lads that are impressing the cup, like obviously Devoy in the 10 role or the, you know, the, the kind of 10 role and paper it is anyway. Uh, Dara, of course, got a goal at the weekend. Grant, who came on well and looked lively and sort of the left forward role. I mean, Joe, in terms of your perspective, do you just go for this one and play the younger lads or do you have a bit of a strategic point of view and play the likes of Greg um, and bring in some of the lads that potentially would be more suited to the typical league side that we've seen this season? I mean, well, it looks like we're going back four, doesn't it? So I like Tanaya, I like um, Harvey. I think you're going to be wanting one of Jules or 
Tucker alongside Warren to deal with the the aerial threat. Um, and then yeah, midfield. I, I I think if we're being if we want to beat us, and you know get out of this doing us, we need to be. I think it needs to be a ball player. I think uh, Dawson. I really want to see Dawson. Um, Josh McEachern. He's been brilliant at times this season. So again, he goes in there. And then what 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 have we got to lose from putting an Ethan Robson or Conor Grant in there? Conor Grant has been fantastic in flashes. And Ethan Robson, my word, what has happened to him this season? We were raving about him like this time last year. I think he I hope it's just he needs to run a games or something. Um but you know, we were we was everyone was so excited when we re-signed him, saying, you know, we know what we we know what we're getting here, a solid central midfielder. He'll play most weeks and but it's just couldn't have been further from the truth, really. But I don't see how he can be much worse than Bradley Johnson, to be quite honest with you. Because I think, as, yeah, as I said, yes, Bradley Johnson's won us points this season. He's also cost us points as well this season. Um, so I just, I, I just, I just want to see a change for my insanity more than anything. I think. Um, and up front, yeah, we, there's options up front. Dara Burns has been doing well in the cup competitions. Is that two goals in two? In the I believe cup it is, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, by the way, behave. The club account calling it an overhead kick. Come on. <laughs> come on. That was not an overhead kick against Newport. Um, but yeah, really good finish. Um, good finish against uh, Taunton as well. And so, you know, I think he's he's really showing flashes. And him and uh, Dawson seem to have quite a good partnership uh, form in there. Um, and then you've got Nathan Holland and Louis Barry as well. So there, there are options throughout the pitch. But because uh, we're talking about this and it's, they are decent players, but it just seems to all fall apart. And I think that's the midfield and the defence, really. So I think that's the bit we need to just, just, yeah. God, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not the manager. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, mate, I don't know if they know either. I'll be completely honest with you. I think that's the issue. Because um, I think I, we've got so many decent players, but there's not there's not many that automatically go. No, he has to start. It's like even more in Ahura. At times this season, he's his defending's really been. You know, for the first goal against Barnsley, I thought he was shocking. He just stood off the man. Yeah, I mean, if I was Lee, man, I'd just go for this one. Um, I understand it's a massive game, and he's going to feel the pressure for this one. And you know, as I said, you know, what happens at those games like Portsmouth doesn't happen just because of pure coincidence it's going to happen because the chairman expected something to happen in terms of results so always well, yeah it's really this could be one of the biggest gains of his don's sort of tenure i think for liam manning but i would just play the kids and go for it i really would um you're not going to lose anything in this game i feel like as, as joe mentioned the connection between devoy and burns in any game we've seen this season has been really really good um and as devoy mentioned himself you know he's i think that red card did him a lot of good in some senses um, which is good to see. And yeah, Grant's, Grant's at Lively. Um, I think he's the one where you'd be a bit 50-50 on because Devoy and Burns are quite gung-ho, I suppose, uh, compared to him. But yeah, it's interesting. It's good to have options. I mean, Ross, what would you do in that situation if you're Liam Manning? Would you just go for it with the kids or would you potentially revert to a different sort of situation? Well, he needs to make up his mind. He needs to trust the kids or he needs to go to the more experienced and trust them. Because at the moment he's get, I think he's getting in no man's land, and he it's paying it's paying dividends at the moment. And I think for me, 
personally, I would start Ethan Robson. Yeah. Um, as Joe mentioned, yes, yes, the drop off this season's been massive, but at the end of the day, he's he. I think he's in there. Personally, I think he's more of an he's got a bit more of an engine than Bradley Johnson. To be co- completely honest, so it's my man. I think um, <laughs> yes, Burton won't try. I don't think personally they'll try and overrun us in the midfield. I think it's more wide areas and get the balls into the box. But I think having that protection in front of the, in front of the back four, if we do play the back four, is vital because of Burton. They're going to be a physical side, and um, yes, Johnson's physical, but. In the latter end of games, he doesn't track runners. Yeah, I think Robson to come in, in, but I'd like to see Burn start. I think this is, he's really grabbed his opportunity at the moment. And um, I think he warrants a start. And I think it's his place to lose at the moment. And as that's the same as Devoy. I think Devoy, he just need, he's getting better and better every time he plays. I think there's no reason for him not to start unless Manning's got a... Um, if he's carrying a knock or anything, but nothing's arose from after the game. So yeah, it's just just be positive, especially at home in front of our own fans, because the last thing we want is it to be 70th minute and we still haven't had a shot on target. And you're gonna have the the fans on your back at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm very harsh on this managerial team, but purely because I, I don't think it's rocket science and. I feel like we've seen it multiple times this season in the cup how to play with this team and they just don't do it in league games, which is is incredibly frustrating. Um, so yeah, just 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 go for it, man. Just like stop stop doing this as as Ross said, wishy washy, like playing different plays all over the place. Just go for the game, see what happens. If you lose it, you lose it. Whatever, move on to the next one. Fleetwood's as important, if not more important, and we'll go from there. I'd much rather see a performance like Portsmouth where we lose three two. But we, you know, we've had a go. We've had more shots than the opposition than a game like Bristol Rovers, where we we settle, try and settle for a draw. That was the. I don't know if Barnsley was worse, but but for me, them two are by far the worst performances of the season. Like that was just so negative. Bristol Rovers, we're settling for a draw, try and get a draw at home. That's, mm. Really didn't like that. Um, but I think yeah, like. You you say just about being on the front foot, and we've not done that enough at home this season. We've got the worst home record in the league. I'm, I'm pretty sure we have anyway. Wouldn't surprise me uh, if it was, to be fair. Burton but, must be up there as well. No, we've got the worst home record in the league. We've won one game, drawn one game, lost seven. Jesus. Lost our last um, five, I think. Yeah, last six, I think. If last I, six, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Get your half-season tickets for this season, yeah. lads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean... Uh, it's and it, it, we've scored seven in that time and conceded. So this season at home, we've played nine, scored seven. That has got to change. Yeah, that has got to change. I think we've scored more than one goal once at home, which was Port Vale. Yeah, Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. And even you know, Bradley Johnson, two both long them. shots. Of <laughs> so I just think our favourite man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but this is a this is a frustrating thing with Bradley Johnson. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He obviously has some quality, but that quality, he's the most experienced player bar Dean Lewington. Yeah, he's the most inconsistent player. As if it's, you know, Dawson Devoy does one bad thing and then has we haven't seen him start a league game in like six weeks or something. Mm, yeah. Bradley Johnson week in, week out is pulling a nine, then a six. 
and he's still getting games. That's what frustrates me about it. Um, yeah. But yes, I think this home form, it's, you know, you talk about teams down the bottom and, you know, a lot of their, not success, but when people need to grind out results, you know, it's done at home and we need, that needs to change because, you know, that's going to be a real issue. Four points at home in nine games. That is nowhere near good enough. Yeah, and people talk about obviously the experience at Stadium K not being the best in the moment, and they're completely right. But it starts on the pitch. If the team plays well, the experience will become better. Um, and I think the general experience that we, from a fan going to the ground, is that will be better overall. So I know it's a straight. You can't blame the pitch this time. No, no, definitely no. not. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think I think um, once you start seeing the, these these lads actually get wins and get points, it'll be better. Um, but I, I understand it's pretty it's pretty bad at the moment. But um, unfortunately, it's it's one of those things, and it's a shame. But what what can we do? Eh? Apart from support the lads and hopefully they get a result. Anyway, on that note, I will leave it there. Hopefully, see you guys all this Saturday. Remember, twelve thirty kickoff for this one. And uh, until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.